Welcome to Debriefing Design, the podcast. This is Laura Williams and Mike Chang. In this week's episode, we'll talk about how we partnered up with our friends to update their Airbnb property in Uptown Dallas and what all we consider to accommodate for the owners and attendants. Let's get started. For listeners who have not had a chance to watch the episode, Operation Blew Me Away, it shows how we brainstormed with our clients on how to update their three-story townhouse and pre-planned for phasing future updates. Due to our time restraints, we started with updating the master suite to kick off the project. And who would have thought that COVID would have skyrocketed the entire Airbnb industry? Because I know at the very beginning, March 2020, you know, everybody was panicking that all Airbnbs got shut down and then they went through a whole debacle where they automatically refunded um, guests who booked, completely bypassing the landlords. Oh. And so all the landlords were out all that money without any say-so and no if and or buts. Yeah. So it's surprising because, you know, I know at the very beginning of COVID, it really hurt our clients' income. I think they were down for maybe like a couple of months or so. But then afterwards, they said they had 95% occupancy for the rest of 2020 and all of 2021. That I did not know. Yeah. So it, it's very funny how it, you know, affected it. Because, you know, when everybody was very, at the beginning of COVID was very concerned about, you know, transmission and all this stuff, they weren't sure yet. But then as people started losing their minds and wanted to travel, you know, they have been fully booked. Like they get, I think they were telling me the other day, they get 40 requests a week. And then they have to go through and filter and background check and everything before they approve. Uh, So originally we had started talking about this project when COVID first broke out. So we were thinking, okay, they're going to, you know, be at a loss of revenue where they had no bookings and we had enough ample time to take the entire property offline for I think originally we planned on taking it offline for about eight weeks to do a full gut renovation of the entire building. But then by the time that we got around to actually pulling the trigger, it was so heavily booked that we went, we couldn't take it down for that long. Wow. So we had a good, then we ended up having a good four week break uh, during this summer. And we just knocked out as much as we could during the summer. So we ended up planning to just do the master suite instead because the master suite is usually the part of the property that generates the most value for them. So just for example, like let's say they started originally prior renovations at 250 a night or whatever, or 350 a night, they're getting upwards of 500 now. So that's the amount of ROI that has changed from doing this project. Well, I know I've talked to a friend of mine who during the last two years, for an odd reason, just wanted a second income and just as a fluke, Airbnb'd it. And got booked immediately. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, hang on. Yeah. But then as a fluke, got a couple who their house had flooded mm-hmm. and needed it for six months. Uh-huh. And this friend didn't know what to do. So he gave a ridiculously odd high price uh-huh. because that would kick everything off, you know, off right. the market for six months. And they took it. Yeah. And it was because insurance was paying for it, not that they were trying to rip insurance off. He right. didn't know it at the time. But it was because, look, if you're going to take me off the market for six months, you I need, need to pay for it. Yeah. yeah. And that was something that he hadn't accounted for, mm-hmm. that people need a place to go yeah. when their house is being renovated besides a hotel. Well, especially after our storms in February, <coughs> a lot of people are in this situation because, you know, they need to be out for a certain number of time period. but. They don't have their stuff with them. They have to find something furnished. And it's very 
hard to find furnished apartments or stuff right now yes. or furnished houses for rent. or a kitchen yeah so airbnbs are the best solution because yeah. everything's already there so. and i i never thought about that yeah i was one of the lucky ones that just lost electricity yeah. for a day and a half finally towards the end of it they started getting smart and did it at night you know but but yeah you don't think about things mm-hmm. like that until you're like oh I need washer and dryer. I need a kitchen. Mm-hmm. Now and I need a place to sit. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a great idea. You know, so yay Airbnb. <laughs> yeah. Talking about this portion of the project. So when we decided to go ahead and start with the master bath, a couple of issues that we noticed up front that we wanted to address was that we didn't like the angle that was chopped into the vanity. So originally we were talking about squaring off this bathroom so we wouldn't have that weird slant uh, but when we opened up the wall to assess the situation we found out the hvac duct for the house is actually running through that weird angle so that kind of changed our plans a little bit but our entire goal for this was to gain a larger shower because the footprint of this bathroom is actually quite big but just because of the way that they did the the alcove tub and then the small freezing shower it didn't really use the space appropriately. And then also the vanities actually did not provide like any storage at all. It were just sink cabinets. And mm-hmm. then that small drawer for the dry vanity and then the, the two different heights and everything. So we scrapped it all and we wanted to do a nicer vanity that was a little bit taller, more standard current height. And then we extended the vanity on the right side to touch the door casing of the water closet. Because there was a gap there that just didn't make sense to us. So by gaining that side and also the side by the bathtub, we were able to do a stack of drawers for both sides of the vanity. So like they have plenty of ample storage now. And then we put in a slightly smaller freestanding tub that didn't take up as much space. So that shower grew substantially in size. We were able to grow the length and the width and we gave it a shower seat, which it didn't have. So in terms of talking about the shower and how we designed it i typically don't like a fully exposed shower with glass on all the sides for the ceiling just because it's so much harder to hide your stuff and you know we talked about this about hiding the stuff yes so um you'll see in a lot of our designs that we do the half wall that kind of wraps around Mm -hmm. part of the shower just to hide you know shampoo niches and the seats and stuff i think it's just a much cleaner look and especially if we're you know talking about pre-planning for accessibility and things like that in the future like if you have an all-glass shower you can never put up a grab bar or anything no and women we need our modesty (laughs) either that or you just need to spend a little bit more money on the glass Mm -hmm. and get it textured Mm -hmm. or frosted frosted yeah but women we like our modesty yeah i know it's a big trend to have the walk-in showers without doors and stuff and we've talked about this in the past where our clients that have a newer home that has the whole walk-in shower without a door always calls us back and they ask us to put in a door for them because it is just a very cold shower because all the heat from your hot water is just escaping through that massive door opening so yes you can have trendy stuff but you know at the end of the day i feel like a warm shower is a Nice functional thing to have. It has to function. And also it gets the entire bathroom moist. Yes. And, and wet. then mm-hmm. And then you'll have mold issues or just, you know, what is the technical term now? That uh, natural growth issues or whatever. Yeah. 
yeah, it's it's a great look. It's a very minimal look, mm-hmm. but practicality and like you just said, design versus function. Yes. It's a very non-functional feature, I feel like. Yeah. Because why would you, you know, why would you... Plus, if you have an open door, like the water just sprays everywhere. There's not a way to capture that, so... No. And it's one thing if it's outside, you mm-hmm. know, by the pool where you just need to rinse off before you go inside or in the backyard when you're just trying to get the mud off the kids. But inside, it really is not functioning at yeah. all. It's strictly for looks. Yeah. So some of the things that we consider designing this project in terms of finishes and um, hardware and things like that, our clients told me that their main concerns between turning over each stay. So essentially how it works is they have checkout at 11 or 12 and then check-in is at 3 or 4. So there is that three-hour break and the clean crew comes in and goes through the entire property. So in that three hours, they have to make three beds, clean four bathrooms, plus living room, dining, and kitchen. So they were very adamant from the get-go. They said, let's be smart about our finishes because we need to have, one, durable finishes, two, darker finishes to hide wear and tear, and three, something that's easily cleanable for the cleaning crew because they have a very finite amount of time to get in and out of that property. So... You'll notice that the palette for this project, it is a little bit darker than our normal palettes because we typically like to do lighter bathrooms just so, you know, you feel airy and brighter. And when you're getting ready in the morning, it just feels bigger. Yeah, it feels like a bigger space. But on this project, we did darker floor tiles and we actually did the navy blue on the walls, Mm -hmm. which we absolutely love. But it just it's not something that we've been able to pull off or put into a project very often because Most of the times, clients don't want a darker bathroom. So this gave us a really great opportunity to expand some of our design language that we haven't been able to use in a while. Um, So in terms of other finishes and things that we did, we went with a quartz countertop just to make it easy to clean, pain-free. They can bleach it if they want, or if they ever stain, it would be easy to take care of. Versus, I feel like this bathroom, the way it looks, it probably would have looked really great with like a marble countertop, but it just, it didn't make sense in this instance. Because if you have transient, you know, lodgers that are constantly in and out, you want something that you can just wipe down, um, throw some bleach on it and just take care of it. It has to be almost hardy. Yeah. It has to be almost as handle what you would put in a teenager's bathroom with boys (laughs) you know it has to be really rugged and handle the worst not the worst of the worst but you've got people who unless it's yours if it's they're not going to care for this at all exactly like this is the exact same thing that we dealt with whenever i was doing hotel design Mm -hmm. is how do you prevent people from breaking your stuff like uh, one of the big design things that we dealt with during hotel design is the floating nightstands. Floating nightstands are a great look. It is amazing. Everybody loves it. But to engineer a floating nightstand for a hotel was a nightmare because you knew regardless of how whatever people are using it, somebody's going to try to stand on it. Yeah. For some whatever reason, somebody will try or to sit. stand on it or sit on it or jump on it. Mm-hmm. So as in a standard residential setting, when you do a floating nightstand, it's just two screws on a wall and that's it. Mm-hmm. 
that will not hold up in a hotel. And unfortunately, in this instance, the Airbnb has to function more like a hotel than a residence. So back in the days when we were doing hotel design, we actually had to have steel anchor plates into the walls, bolted to the ground, and it made a C-shape that actually held the floating nightstands Mm -hmm. in place. And it was one of the most expensive furniture elements, even though it looks like nothing, but just the engineering to get that thing to stay and not bend and fall off and break was a nightmare. Because if somebody did jump on it, whatever, and they fell, that was a lawsuit waiting to happen. Mm -hmm. So it was just those things that, you know, all of a sudden all the hotel design things come flooding back in my mind. You know, people who book Airbnbs are wanting that hotel-like amenity, but they generally do it if they, you know, have family or they're doing a trip with their friends and they want a large gathering that a hotel room will not support. And plus, the bright side with the Airbnbs is you have your own kitchen, you have your own dining room, you have your own laundry. It's quiet. Yeah. It's, you know, it's private and it's great for gatherings. And from what our clients have been saying is the majority of their guests are all younger just because it's an uptown part of Dallas. And they're usually here for like a reunion weekend or a bachelorette, bachelor party, things like that. So unfortunately, there have been several pieces of furniture that have broken throughout the years that they've had this property. So, you know, it was just interesting to see how they wanted the design to go Mm -hmm. versus how we would have done it if it was just like a regular residence. So meshing those two different requirements together was very interesting on this project. Well, it's also interesting because some there's a couple that I follow and they have nine kids. And of course, they're on TV. They have podcasts. They have all these things. So I'm sure they're the type of family, too, that needs things to be very rugged mm-hmm. and to be, you know, because I stand on the kitchen. I know better yeah. than stand on the cabinets because... But I try and stand where I know the joints are. Yeah. <laughs> I try not to stand where there's no joints. But a lot of people, like you said, don't know that. Yeah. And they just start standing places, not realizing that it's not solid. Mm-hmm. But you start getting bigger people and you're not standing on a joint yeah. like you are like a wall joint. Mm-hmm. It's going to cave at some point, whether it's granite or formica or whatever it is, it's going to cave because there's no support underneath. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure that also the bigger families appreciate taking commercial design and intertwining it and weaving it in with a residential because you begin to not have things so delicate. Mm -hmm. It's okay to have something nice and beautiful, but also underneath have a firm foundation and have it sturdy to where like dishwashers, every single one of my nieces and nephew have stood on that door and it doesn't matter how many screws you've got into your countertop. Eventually your dishwasher is going to pull out, you know, um, but now they've fixed it with drawers. You can uh-huh. have dishwasher drawers. Nobody's standing on the door, <laughs> you know, to help mom and dad with dishes, you know. So it's just kind of a rite of passage, I think, for some kids. Yeah. I think one of the other things that we had to consider with this is because we knew after doing the renovations that the nightly rates would be much higher. So we wanted to make sure that even though we were on a budget, that we wanted the bathroom to 
feel like a very expensive bathroom. And that's part of the reason why we chose the darker palette, mm-hmm. because we feel like when you inject such a rich hue, it makes it automatically feel like a more elegant space, mm-hmm. you know? And one, of the, spa. Mm-hmm. and one of the things that we really worked hard to consider is we wanted to integrate in a much more expensive material somehow mm-hmm. and make it feel like, you know, like it was like a Highland Park house or something like that right. that you were walking into. So we played with this a few different ways. Uh, we looked at it in a more traditional sense and doing like a accent tile panel in the shower, mm-hmm. which is a very traditional way of doing things. And we looked at doing the cement tiles as an accent piece, but it didn't really feel right. The style that we were going for, mm-hmm. I feel like, because if you look at this bathroom, it is, it is a very modern bathroom, but at the same time, it's also very transitional. And I feel like if we had done the shower panels, it would have gone much too traditional for the way that we were trying to push the design towards. I think it it would have been forced. Yeah, it would have been it would have been just very dated, I feel like. Mm-hmm. So we went through several rounds of actually looking at accent tiles, and we came across this amazing mosaic that looks like leaves. Mm-hmm. And these tiles are expensive. They were the priciest things on this project. So we were trying to figure out how to utilize it so we didn't have to spend too much. Because I think each sheet was like over $50. So it's over $50 a square foot. It was the most expensive tile that we've ever used. And we figured out that on each sheet, it comes in three repeats. So we decided we would slice them up and turn it into a band. And it was just a matter of how we utilize this band. So if you look at the finished photos of this um, bathroom, you can see that we did vertical bands where it made the most sense to help us with the dimensions of our wall tile. So our, our Zillig tile is a 3 by 12 So with the size of the shower, the length and the width, we pieced together a band after the first full tile. So we have the first full tile at 12 inches wide, then we did a band of the accent and then did the rest of the tile. So that actually helped us cut down on waste because mm-hmm. we didn't have to break a tile to fill in the extra dimensions. So it worked out really well. We did a vertical band at the entry to the shower. We did a vertical band at the shower bench. And then the same vertical band on the shower bench actually continued to the half wall outside of the shower. And then we also did another band at the bathtub. So I think all in all, we ended up using eight or nine sheets of this. So it was like a $500 expense. But for the effect that it gave, it was such a different feel and something that was unexpected. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it was such a great way to spend $500 to make this bathroom really feel like a glamorous space. Luxury. Yes. So I think that was a great way to just bring in a hint of something super high end. Well, it also helped to lighten it up. Which yeah. is what you were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. And it also helped to mesh the master bedroom with the master bath and make it a suite. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times you have the master bed and then you have the master bath. And, and they, they don't, don't talk to each other. Yeah, they don't talk. Yeah. They don't connect. Yeah. But this is one actual suite. Yeah. And it was very interesting because, you know, the original bathroom was that olive green color. And there were concerns at the beginning when we did the navy blue tile that we were thinking, oh my gosh, is it going to make the entire thing so dark that we couldn't handle it? But the funny 
thing is, after we painted the bathroom that white color, we were like, oh my gosh, it's actually so bright. Like, even though there's the navy blue, it doesn't feel dark at all. Because, you know, we had new light fixtures for the vanities and we used daylight Kelvins for all the lighting in the bathroom. So everything was very, very bright. And that really helped to make that navy blue pop. So in the bedroom side, we kept the same wall color, but we wanted to bring in some of more of the silver tones and gray tones. So we picked this gray slash silver carpet with a heavy, heavy pattern. So it can help uh, hide wear and tear. And it's very, very cushy. It's almost like a Berber, but it's not a Berber. But it just, it helps tie the two spaces together. and made the master suite really luxurious feeling. They're almost like mirror... It's almost like a negative and a positive mm-hmm. because the bed has the blue mm-hmm. and then the room is predominantly a little bit lighter mm-hmm. and then the bathroom is just a little bit more of the opposite yeah. where it's got heavier blues and and, and then lighter yeah. accents. Yeah. It's it's just very much positive and negative almost on the painting. Yeah. I think it's very good uh, juxtaposition between the two spaces. Mm-hmm. So because we weren't able to execute the full update for the property originally our full scope was redoing all the wood flooring throughout the house because it's been years and it's been beat up and scratched so we were going to refinish everything and make it go darker so that way it would wear better with all the wear and tear we were going to rip out all the older tiles on the floors and then really and then update the staircase to have the darker treads and then the white risers make it a much more modern feel and also update all the bathrooms but because of our limited time, we had to just scrap all the other parts of the scope. But the one thing that we did end up executing before we actually started the master bath, the master suite, was we updated all the window shades throughout the whole house. So originally, when the clients purchased this house years ago, it had all the two-inch... I don't even know if they're faux wood at this point, but I have a feeling I think they were actual wood. Two-inch blinds throughout the entire house. They were in total horrible shape because with the real wood... It gets affected by changes in humidity. It gets affected by changes in temperature and also the UV coming through the windows. So they were like brittle and falling apart. You know, the mechanism for the drawstrings and stuff, they were like all stuck in like, you know, it was like the gears were like rotted or rusted or something. So it was just in horrible shape and all that wood had yellowed over time. So it, it just made the house very dated and it just didn't, look very functional or fresh yeah and plus a lot of it actually snapped apart because you know the wood was just breaking apart so we splurged (laughs) like we did shutters throughout the entire property because we thought man if the one thing that we could do to make this place really pop and feel high-end would be to take care of all the windows Mm -hmm. um so we did do that so there has been so much change in window shutter technology. You know, back in the days, you see the, you know, the big three-inch white shutters, but they're made out of wood. There's always that stick in the middle, you know, that stick (laughs) that controls the shutters. And I don't know about you, but a lot of my clients, at least the ones in the Dallas Fort area, because of how hot our summers are, you know, that stick is actually screwed into every single shutter. That's how it worked. But as the wood expands and contracts, the screw that's holding in that rod starts to loosen out from the shutters. And like, there's not a good way to do this repair because the wood is already stripped. So 
every time these things start breaking apart, like there's not a great way to repair it. It's pretty much easier to just kind of start from scratch almost. And the problem with the wood too is when it cracks, there's not a way to like repair it and then paint it again. It's never going to match. Mm. So we, at least I have just shied further and further away from wood because it just, it doesn't seem to hold up longevity wise. Mm. And then shutters are expensive. No matter how you do it, shutters are expensive. And they're dated. Yeah. Well, the ones with the rods are, yes. I feel like. The, so those those specific ones uh-huh. are just so yeah. My aunt had them in her house, and you can't pull them up. You have to pull them away. The ones she had, okay, and you never got a full view. Uh huh. Your view is always obstructed, mm-hmm. and and so that's why I would I just I I was like you've got this beautiful area to look at. And then you've got all this obstruction. Yeah. You've got the up and down. Uh, you know, and the horizontals. And then the horizontal. And yeah. then you've got a, a dozen of them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and I get the, I get the prestige of it. Yeah. I feel like these days we're, if we don't do it in the entire property, it's usually done on, a, on the front elevation of a house. Uh, it's usually seen the most from the street and it's usually what's the most prominent and it'll make the house look more cohesive. Yes. So... When we do shutters these days, we do the composite. So it's a, it's almost like a, for sure it's a plastic composite material and it does not get affected by heat. It does not get affected by UV. It does not yellow. It doesn't do anything. It's just, it has a lifetime warranty. Like it's just amazing. And it comes in all um, sizes of the actual shutters too. So we typically do like a three and a half inch shutter, but the technology of that rod has really evolved too. So let's say if you're like five to 10 years old, you would get the rod that's actually connected on the backside of the shutters. So from the front in the room, you typically won't see it, but like in the back corner of the shutter, you notice that there is like a piece of metal that connects all the shutters together. So it's better than having that wand in the front. I would say a hundred times better. But lately we like to do the hidden tilts and what that means is the all the shutters are actually connected within the frame of the shutters. So when you tilt one blade, it actually tilts the entire shutter. Mm. And I feel like that is the cleanest way to do shutters because you don't have any vertical things blocking your way. Mm. And it just it is so seamless and it's no effort. Because like you know when those wood rods, when they like get stuck or whatever, you have to like shove the shutters up and down and sometimes it might not work. There's no issues with these. Like all the gears and stuff is integrated into the frame. So you can't mess with it and it doesn't break and it's a lifetime warranty. So that's what we usually are doing these days. And you can see through it. Mm-hmm. I mean, like all the shutters you can open because they're, it's like a door. Like you can still open it mm-hmm. and get the full view of the window, which is really nice. But I just think if you're going to spend that type of money, why not go for something that's going to last you? 20, 30 years versus something that you have to replace in five to 10. Because that's the whole point of buying the property that you bought Mm -hmm. is to get the view that you wanted. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's all of the topics we've had to discuss for today. Thanks for joining us for our discussion on updating our friends Uptown Dallas Airbnb to maximize their return on investment. Let us know if you have any questions or feedback on anything we've discussed. If you haven't already watched Operation Blew Me Away, Go to debriefingdesign.co to catch up. Make sure to subscribe for future episodes and turn on notifications. Follow us on social media.
To see more of the topics we've discussed today, Operation Blew Me Away, case closed.